0: Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all all cuts and trims are by appointment only. So head over to their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and book your appointment now with Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop. That's 10 barbershopcom And we thank them for supporting the podcast. I just hit record on the okay, video, yeah. so we should be good.
1: Shocker, bro. Cool. If you're going to fry instead of uh, pizza, you're going to have <laughs> a bad trying. time.
0: When you shoot a pizza, you're going to have a bad time.
1: <laughs> You'll be satisfied. Well, that's until what I are. always say. <laughs> You'll be satisfied until you're not. We need a, we need a good Anderson <laughs> read for this fucking episode, man.
0: I forgot about You'll be satisfied until you're not. <laughs> Our guarantee guarantees it. <laughs> it says it on the cane. <laughs>
1: Welcome everybody to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. We are back with another episode. That's right. It's your mom's favorite wrestling program. Sam watches bad wrestling poorly. I am here with the executive voice of Butts Carlton Media, Mr. Sam craps How are you, sir? It's time for
0: sweat burps. <laughs> nah, I'm doing good.
1: <laughs> sweat burps. So, uh,
0: sweat burps. Yeah, I was in my car. I was like two minutes from my house. I decided it was... Worth attempting text a voice to Adam earlier to tell him that we were still on to do some swaburp tonight. And I, I told it, yes, we're down for swaburp tonight. But um, Apple decided I should say down for sweat burps, <laughs> which kind of checks out anyway. I
1: mean, it works, man. It works out for the kind of wrestling we're watching here. It's been a minute since we've joined you, and we apologize. We're Not happy. Only to be a back. minute,
0: though. I don't know what you're talking about. We just did this last week because, you know, next week on uh, swaburp, Last week, when we did this show, yep, last totally week yesterday. Last week, um, I even remember what uh we were gonna watch. Hey, do you, weren't we on like two networks at some point too? <laughs> yeah, I guess we were.
1: I don't <laughs> we? remember, dude. It's been a minute and a half, I think, but we're
0: back they didn't, here. Didn't like me, so they kicked <laughs> Adam off. I was so bad that they said they were you like, know, "This Adam, Sam you gotta guy. go too. This- you, you got to go, too. This is enough. To, enough. To be fair,
1: wouldn't be the first time we were kicked off of somebody's network, okay? That's happened <laughs> well, before a couple of times.
0: In my defense, in my defense, usually I don't get kicked off. Usually I quit before they can kick <laughs> me off. I play by first grade kickball rules. Uh, hey,
1: listen, you can't fire me. I quit. And that's what we did. Yeah. That's what, that's what we did the first time.
0: I I have taken my ball and gone home <laughs> on several occasions. <laughs> And that was not one of them. No, 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 we haven't. When's the last time we did this? Like it's been a couple. It's probably been six
1: months ago. I would say six (laughs) months ago. And also, too, to be clear, like there's no hard feelings. We're actually we are a part of the Premier Podcast Network now, which is great. Uh, So we're happy to be back. Uh, So you may even see this video on YouTube at some point. I'm not really sure, but uh, you know, the first network uh, may they rest in peace. But Mr. Sam, it's been six months since we've sweat burped. And uh, on the screen, eventually, if we get this onto the YouTube, you'll see our uh, esteemed Kreps Rating Scale TM or the KRSTM. Uh, and the last match that we watched, I believe, if I recall correctly, was David Arquette winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, was so, that really, the last one—the last time we swerved, man. And yeah, so, we haven't
0: done this in a while. It's been quite um, some time. Yeah. So, as I seem to recall. Oof, my memory's foggy because it's actually been that long. And anyone with children under the age of, you know, Adams and mine can relate to not remembering like two weeks ago, let alone six months ago. But it's that, wasn't it the fact, yeah, it's just the fact that they decided to put David Arquette over at all. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Where did that now remind me, where did that fall on the KRSTM? I don't think I ranked that one particularly low in the, in the rankings. No. And actually, so being the worst, right? So it's it's for
1: for the uninitiated, the lowest on the scale is the worst. So we rank them highest being like the, not as shittiest at number one. And then the last one is the very bottom of the bottom. So if we're talking in terms of Zumber zombie lumberjack, which was the least worst one you've ever watched. And of course the kennel from hell, uh, David Arquette, which is the worst still to date. Uh, maybe not after today, but today, that one is the worst. Uh, David Arquette ranked in at number three uh, be, uh, between Goldberg versus Undertaker and World War III, 1997. So we uh, we have a a really particularly shitty match for you to watch today, pal. This goes all the way back. We're jumping in our Wayback Machine, going to November 23rd, 1994. It's Survivor Series, 1994. And this match is going to feature the Royal Family, which is headed by Jerry the King Lawler, friend of the show, and Cheesy, Queasy, and Sleazy versus Clowns R Us, which is headed by Doink the Clown and Dink, Pink, and Wink, a four-on-four traditional Survivor Series elimination match uh, that features little people wrestling as well, which was the norm back in the day. (laughs) Uh, Sam do you know anything about this match Or the concept of Survivor Series in and of itself
0: Uh, Let's pretend like I don't know anything about Survivor Series The only thing I definitely know of Is the fact that Dink Or yes Dink Was the clown wrestler Yes Yeah I'll say I know who he is Just from playing like Sega Genesis And that kind of stuff because um, we're talking wrestling games that predate three dimensions at this point. <laughs> um, and that's usually my basis for any understanding of pro wrestling is whether or not I was able to play it on Sega or Nintendo. Yes. Um, and that's pretty much all I got. So, um, I mean, I could kind of, insi- I, I, I could probably make some assumptions as to what happens in Survivor Series, but give me the rundown here. Perfect, yes. Yeah. At so, least as much as you think you should.
1: Yeah, I mean, so Survivor Series is one of what they consider the top four pay-per-views of the year in WWE. So the big four pay-per-views wrestle are premium live events now, but back then in 94, it was still a pay-per-view. Uh, in the year, in the order that it's aired during the year, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. So Survivor gotcha, Series, okay. typically when I say like a traditional four-on-four, four, it just means there's four people on one team and four people on the other, and they do an elimination style. So the teams continue to pin each other and you know fight uh, one another until it's like a last man standing thing except in more of a tag team match. Uh, So sometimes there's four, sometimes there's five. Uh, It really depends. Um, But this is a unique card because this was a really odd time in the WWF. It was after Hulk Hogan went to WCW. Um, Bret the Hitman Hart became kind of the top guy, but there was a whole bunch of different people that were moving back and forth. And for a while, before the NWO uh, really kicked in the high gear on the other station... Vince McMahon really leaned heavily into this like super cheesy, gimmicky wrestling style, right? So you have things like the Royal Family and Clowns Are Us. You have a trash man as a wrestler. You have a hockey player named The Goon. Um, you know, they have the million dollar team. Like they're trying to reinvent the wheel when it comes to Bam Bam Bigelow and King Kong Bundy. Uh, you know, and, and it, it, Adam Bomb. It, it's a very weird time in wrestling right now. And, uh, this pay-per-view specifically is famous for Chuck Norris being a special outside enforcer during the main event, which was The Undertaker versus Yokozuna. And, uh, yeah, it's just very, uh... It's a very odd time here so must have been they got Walker Texas Ranger in on it so <laughs> and it's uh it's it's uh it's not very good um, our friend and uh, the person I uh, actually I'll have you know allegedly gave uh former President Trump the idea for storing and hoarding papers in his bathroom and his bedroom no oh, good Dave, idea yeah Dave Meltzer, uh, our dear friend uh, gave this match a negative two and a half stars. Uh, did not enjoy it very much I did not enjoy it very much when the first time I saw it uh, what is your what are your initial thoughts about this match before i uh, i torture you with it
0: i don't know what to make of it because it is one of those kind of outliers where they were going for all these funky characters and that's always the part of wwF slash e slash cw that has always kind of like not turned me away from it but it's kind of like okay i'm willing to roll with this as long as like we're not just going for some stupid over-the-top gimmick like i prefer that the gimmick kind of come a little more naturally in what i've seen so i'll definitely be curious um it's gonna be it's gonna be a something
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're joining us and you want to watch along and you want to watch in between, because we're not going to let you listen to our commentary, but if you want to join us, you can go on to the Peacock app right now, uh, and you're going to go to your search bar. You're going to type in Survivor Series. You're going to search for Season 8, which is 1994. You're going to pull it up, and you're going to, we are going to start here. Our time marker is going to be 32 minutes and 18 seconds. You should see a picture of Vince McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon talking in their best Texas gear
0: their and, best uh, bolo ties, yeah. yes.
1: And uh, there's cowboy hats aplenty, and there's, for some reason, the stuffed teddy bear on the desk, which I believe is uh, reminiscent of Doink
0: the Clown. We are going to go that ahead and- shirt Gorilla Monsoon is wearing, though, top class. <sighs> Man, like, that is- If if you could take Texas and Guy Fieri and mix it all up with a bolo tie, it would look like that. It's um- And it's just-
1: it reminds me of something my grandfather wore, and it's like oddly comforting in some ways because it's just like okay. so old school, you know.
0: Um, it's like Inferno meets Southwest,
1: <laughs> which the Southwest is an Inferno, but yeah, you know, checks I am, out. I am going to crack open my uh, my beverage here. Shout out to Blue Meanie as we sandman this shit, and uh, we are going to go ahead and hit play on this, and we'll be right back to give you Sam's analysis on the royal family versus clowns are us. Oh, boy. And we're back. (sighs) That was... uh, I don't know how many times I said, what the fuck are we watching? But it had to have been at least half a dozen.
0: (laughs) What's your your thoughts, man? Oh, man. I I mean, (laughs) let's put it this way. There were... Points in the match where Adam and I were both just kind of waiting for it to be over. Now, we realized while we were watching that it actually has been longer since we've watched one of these bad matches together. And um, I forgot certain tropes of what truly makes a wrestling match one of the worst. And that starts with the interest that the crowd has now this was um we didn't i don't know if we set it up or not but it was 1994 the night before thanksgiving in texas uh the the historic freeman coliseum which still stands today and um even on the entrances you know they introduced the royal family i think you mostly hear booze, but you're gonna hear that anyway they were kind of the Supposed to be like a heel type If I interpreted it correctly Yes Um, But then Clowns Are Us Makes their entrance And the crowd also went mild (laughs) Around that same time So you knew Everyone's just stoked for this part of the card Like um, And I said it towards the end of the match I can't I feel for the dad who paid And now this was 1994 But less money than you would today (laughs) to take their kid to a WWF match to see, you know, it's like, oh, this guy was my favorite wrestler, Jerry the King Lawler. And instead we're seeing um, a couple of little people with him um, and a couple little people with Doink. And um, for about the first 10 minutes of the match, we see primarily little gags that they've arranged because clearly... Um, I would say about four out of six of these men are not cut out to be athletes, whether they are, uh, the, the, the height they are or not just not athletic people. Um, and that has little to do with, I mean, it could have something to do with obviously their genetics, but like there, a few of these guys were in pretty good shape. One of them clearly had more training than the rest of them. But, uh, yeah, it was like right away you hear um, you hear gorilla Monsoon and Vince McMahon on the mic. and gorilla monsoon's kind of painting the color. Vince is trying to sell the match and in typical from what I've interpreted thus far, fashion. Vince is trying way too hard. Yes. Um, like nothing says good sports commentary to me as and I can say this as a sports commentator not as a complete uh, newbie to the wrestling watching. Um, Nothing says good sports commentating like a televised show that you're explaining things that people are saying that you can hear them saying and then the commentator comments on them saying it uh, as if we didn't just hear it a second before it happened. And then additionally... um, really, really putting the wrestlers over by um, insulting them most of the time. Right. (laughs) It was something I noticed in this one. Um, There was a whole lot of, nobody seemed to want to be there. It was like, um, the commentators are insulting the wrestlers and the the little people. Jerry Lawler walked around for like 15 minutes and just told everyone to shut up. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) that was like a good portion of the match. Um, And I think probably paramount to all other things in a truly bad wrestling match. There was a lot of standing around confusion and not really knowing what to do at any given point because the plan seemed to be, well, let's just put the short people out there with these guys and um, eventually something's going to happen, but you got to do it for like 20 minutes. Um, So just every piece of this really not going well for them. Other things that I noticed, um, (laughs) the fact that they called Jerry Lawler the Burger King, (laughs) I I think it's funny. (laughs) That abused me the whole time. There was like three moments in the whole match that were kind of more entertaining than others. Um, One of those being um, the kick at the beginning. Um, It was a poorly conceived setup for it, but... um, Doink delivered a kick to uh, Jerry Lawler's face. You commented at the, that point that that wasn't something you saw very often. What exactly did you mean by that?
1: So it wasn't like, it wasn't out of the ordinary to see a guy like Doink, or it was out of the ordinary to see a guy like Doink the Clown perform a maneuver like that. That, t- like a kick to the head, like the, the sidekick was usually yeah. saved for more people like the one, two, three kid or people that were in the cruiserweight division and WCW, more of a high uh-huh. flying style. Um, not necessarily something you would see Doink or any of the other guys kind of, you know, take to uh, in these types of matches. So.
0: Right. It was entertaining, though. It was yeah. one of the more entertaining things that happened. It was a whole 12 seconds of a 20 minute match. So it really didn't play, but um, it was kind of cool. Um, the only thing I think that truly confused me, and I'm attempting. To take another closer look, because I maybe didn't have my analytical pants on when it was happening. Why did Doink leave? Doink was eliminated. Eliminated
1: because he was pinned? He was pinned, yeah. He was pinned by somebody. I don't remember. I'll tell you. I should I was, pull it up right now. Jerry Lawler actually pinned him in the uh, the Gaga that was happening in the ring. I was too uh, busy
0: focused on the fact that Jerry Lawler was grabbing him by the taint (laughs) and pulling on his spandex at that point that I didn't realize that he was actually um, the one at at a disadvantage at that point, I guess, because he goes up on the ropes and he actually does this jump. But then, okay, I'm watching it now. And yeah, Jerry Lawler kind of rolls on him. But so what happens is he kept his shoulders down. So I guess, you know, in real wrestling, uh, forgive me for saying it that way, in, in Greco-Roman wrestling. Correct. Um, the, the shoulders being down is the pin, and that's all that you can see of Doink. But in the camera shot, all you see is Jerry Lawler grabbing him by the taint, and you get, like, full package in those spandex. <laughs> that's all you see. Um, okay, so that's why he left. So that results in, let's see, there's another, oh, approximately 10 minutes left in this match, a little under that, that we get to watch Jerry Lawler and six little people run around for a while. Um, The different little people all wrestle each other. Um, We see the gag with the Clowns are Us, clearly um, non-obviously hiding under the mat. Right. And then uh at the very end, because it, it is a a time honored tradition of professional wrestling, that it end with a pie in the face. Yes. The you know, the you know, you, you think of all the wonderful vocabulary of moves and terminology that you've started to explain to me in this show, but the pie in the face has to be probably the, the best move I've ever seen. I'm being completely (laughs) sarcastic. Um, yeah, no, this really inexplicably stupid pie in the face. Yes. Um, at the end. And then, uh, of course, because it's the day before Thanksgiving, we have, uh, Vinci continuing to promote the fact that the next day, Doink and friends, uh, Lex Luger and, uh, other folks that are still a part of WWF are all going to be on the big apple float in uh the Macy's parade the following day and uh it's something else um i what 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 are your thoughts cuz i know as soon as we started watching you were kind of like well i haven't watched this i think since it was new right and you're still not anymore enthused about it but what were you thinking throughout that I was just fucking depressed man like I was just
1: like totally fucking bummed and I remember like I said it a couple times during it it was like this is just a really weird time in wrestling this is just a really bizarre strange over the top like I don't know man it was just it was depressing to go back and watch that and it wasn't entertaining like that's the thing is like I love Jerry Lawler's stuff I loved his stuff when I was a kid And watching that, well, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like
0: so bad for such a historic wrestler, for somebody who maybe that was their first time seeing professional wrestling as a kid. Yeah, or like you know, there's all this build up to something better. Um, That's what they got to see. I can only imagine the disappointment. Um, I would like to further go on to say, speaking of depressing. I have actually looked up, and I'm going to send it to you because I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are now. I looked up the Macy's parade appearance (laughs) by Doink, and uh, I think Razor Ramon was there and Lex Luger. There's somebody I don't recognize, and I want you to watch it. Someone is holding an urn. Oh. And that's pretty much you see Doink, and you see someone in a suit holding an urn. And the Slammer, in a, what I would describe as a Jason mask, um, yeah, Razor Ramon is there. Um, I think maybe Clowns Are Us is there somewhere. It's hard to say. This video is not the greatest. Oh, it's Paul Bear. That's
1: Paul Bear. That's uh, Undertaker's manager.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. That, that,
1: the okay. Hockey Mask Slammer, I don't know who that is. No, I was yeah, going to say the Jason's there, the but... Doink and um, Dink. Yeah, I
0: don't know who the slammer is. But of all the things to show, they 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 focus on, like, the tight shot they got is Doink the Clown, who, you know, not exactly uh, comforting looking for someone <laughs> right. who's about to see Barney right. in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um next to Undertaker's manager with an urn. That's all we see of, at the time, WWF, um, right before Barney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a, not, it, I mean, joint the Clown was a heel when he first started. He was a bad right. guy. And I guess he. they wanted him to get over with the crowd because he was a, you know, a clown and they could do funny shit with him. But like, he was, the character was way better as like this just evil, nasty heel. And I think they ruined the gimmick as far as I, you know, as far as I was. Like doing the Clown scared scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, when he was a bad yeah. guy. And then you make him a good guy and it's like, oh, this is just like, you know, again, to be fair, I'm like nine or ten watching this stuff, you know. Oh, it was 94, so I was nine. So I'm sure I was like the target demo for this shit. But like, fuck, it, it was bad then. I remember even just not being there was a period of time where I was like a lapsed fan and this is, I feel like the time when I really started to move closer to the WCW product. But even that was like, you know, you had fucking the dungeon of doom with the fucking uh, doomsday cage match. And you're like, this is just a really fucking shitty time to be a wrestling fan. So it's almost like you got like badges of honor. Like, yeah, I survived the fucking, new generation era and I survived the doomsday cage match, but yeah, I mean, it just, it wasn't good, man. It wasn't good stuff. It wasn't enthralling. It wasn't like anything. I mean, both of us at, at certain points, if you watch the video of this, you can see us both like just completely tuned out throughout this entire match. Like there was nothing that was, well, let me ask you this. Since this is the Sam watches bad wrestling poorly. Was there anything redeeming besides the sweep kick to the head that was redeeming about this match in any way?
0: Uh, uh, I mean, yes and no. From the the two main wrestlers on the card, no. Um, however, I will give just a little bit of credit to Dink, one yes. of the members of Clowns Are Us. Um, he clearly, right at the end of the match, was prepared to be doing a lot more than was being presented on uh, on the, the in the ring at that point. Uh, And actually shows that he has some some talent Um, because that was one of the worst parts is that the royal family are just like, you know, pathetically out of shape, whether they can help it or not, just not meant to be doing what was happening. Even just running across the ring looked like a struggle. But Dink actually did show up and do a few things that were relatively impressive and I guess it's pink the 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 one that got his head spun around when yeah. uh when he got eliminated, uh, clearly a little bit more athletic, but a little bit too much fighting Irish for me. It seemed like every <laughs> single time one of the little people wanted to fight, they'd put their dukes up and they'd like spin him around for a few seconds, like, I can't speak, I'm a mascot, so I want to fight. Let me yeah, and let me shaking my arms for right. those of you listening, right like um now, they seem to do that often. And it seems silly, like, put him up, put him up, put him up. Like, it just didn't really work for me. Um, yeah, that's the only other thing that really kept it alive in my mind. It seemed like Doink maybe could have done a little bit more aerial than he maybe was often seen doing. I don't know much about him. But he seemed to want to go to the ropes a few times. Um, There was even one time toward the end where he had already been eliminated where I think he'd like started to go to the ropes again and then just sort of got back down. But, um, yeah, not, I will say one of, one of the, definitely one of the not so great matches in my mind, as far as the balance of, was I remotely entertained versus, um, the actual quality of the, the product. The other thing I saw that usually immediately makes me divert my attention is a lot of gripping in the middle of the ring. And yeah. then just kind of looking like they're standing there holding hands. Yeah. Um, I referenced Hogan warrior two, as soon as I saw it um, where Hogan and warrior do that like ridiculous, like exchange of power or whatever the hell. Right. Doing yeah. Like a, bra- like a
1: feet feats of strength grappling type of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. And it's just like it it just whether or not it does take (laughs) athleticism to do whatever they're doing and like pushing back against one another, it just doesn't sell to a television camera and it looks sloppy. I will say it gets a few points for not having the worst television presentation other than um, Doink's Elimination. The fact that they couldn't get another camera to see anything other than Jerry Lawler grabbing him by the nuts and pulling, um, made for a lesser broadcast, but definitely not the worst broadcast by far. I think Doomsday Cage, either Doomsday Cage or Kennel from Hell still get the absolute worst marks for broadcast presentation. It's hard. I feel like the more wrestlers there are, in the ring the harder it is to present it in a way where you can tell what the hell's going on um it, i don't know though there's a few that come to mind as far as that goes like um well, world war 3 from hell was bad world war 3 was really bad well that was really the other one bad. i was going to yeah, say was, yeah
1: was as far as from like a like a production standpoint like you couldn't fucking tell you know there there's, you there's 10 or 12 it. people being thrown in the ring at a time and it's like how how are you supposed to watch this <laughs> It's like watching Fortnite. Yeah, it's like, like just in people real life. fucking everywhere. <laughs> so, I mean, um, so I guess I guess the question is
0: where would you rate this on the KRSTM? So I took a good look at the KRSTM um and as a reminder, the lower you are on the KRSTM on uh, from top to bottom The worse the match is. And this is a bit of a shakeup here. Whoa. I'm going to put this one third from the bottom. Wow. We're going to put this below Doomsday Cage. We're going to put this one above Finger Poke of Doom. I think the biggest thing for me is that Doomsday Cage almost takes on the vibe of it's so bad that it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so many different things are happening, and it's actually ridiculous enough that, like, I actually enjoyed watching it a little more. I mean, they did a lot of dumb stuff in that one, like, running backstage and all of that. But this one just got so boring, um, which kind of gives me shades of kennel from hell, where, like, it seemed like they didn't necessarily know what to do the whole time, right? And that's what happened in Kennel from Hell, where it's like, you know, the the wrestlers are there; they know the gimmick. Now, Kennel from Hell was worse, just because it just completely lost it and they gave up basically. But um, it stay and it stays above Finger Poke of Doom because I still feel like Finger Poke of Doom is just an insult to anybody watching. It's forgetting what the point of the product is and it's making light of people's fandom. So I still really don't care for that. Kendall from Hell just checks too many more boxes that it remains the worst. But this one, it's just not a great, and it's like, there's nothing about it that's like standout, this makes it the worst, but it's just so boring. And it's like, there's, you know, Hogan Warrior, there's the fact that like, You know, both of them have that legendary status. And of course, Jerry Lawler does. I wouldn't say Doink the Clown stands out in the annals of history as like (laughs) a wrestler that everybody looks by. Like if Doink the Clown showed up at like an episode of Raw or SmackDown in this day and age, everyone would be like, oh. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, Yeah, big deal. Um, And it didn't have like it just didn't feel like anyone was trying Um, something else I couldn't help but notice that detracts from the, the doink character. I didn't get a sense that like he got a whole lot of dialogue in there. Yeah. Like if I want to, if I want to break it down to like the, the real elements of what makes a wrestling match complete from my vantage, I didn't hear him say much. And all I heard Jerry Lawler say was, ah, shut up. Like, or just repeatedly. the short he was, people, yeah, he or was screaming like, the
1: whole time and, you know, it was, shut up and he didn't, listen to me kind of thing. He didn't seem to yeah. get,
0: and I'll throw him a bone. I don't think he got a lot of direction on this one. Yeah. I think the gimmick was supposed to be the selling point. And um, I think at one point he seems very aware that the gimmick is supposed to be the selling point and the gimmick being all the short people where he's like, Like clearly the short people lost track of what they're supposed to be doing. And he's kind of like, come on, you need to get over here and step on doink while he's laying here. Um, He knows. And if anybody who knows, I know a little bit more about Jerry Lawler just because I'm an Andy Kaufman fan, but also um, Adam mentioned that Jerry Lawler is a friend of the show. Um, Jerry Lawler, also a friend of the People's Morning Show, uh, a morning show that I used to work on. Um, as a promotions guy and an intern and I've uh, heard a lot of interviews with him I know he's worth his weight and everything that he's done so can't really hold this one against him for like it's just kind of the same as Hogan Warrior kind of the same as Goldberg Undertaker it's right. like it was a bad match it's not indicative of the entire person like some of the other ones tend to be in my mind because I'm not familiar with them outside of this but um yeah this one's down there it just Nothing that exciting about it. And like from the outside, Survivor Series isn't the one that you necessarily heard a ton about from like the general public, like the other big matches throughout the year. Those tentpole pay-per-views, premium events, um, whatever you want to call them. They were more familiar to anybody that, you know, maybe has seen or heard of wrestling but doesn't really watch it. But Survivor Series could have, for me, been, you know, anything. So it doesn't really stand out either. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty far down there. I think maybe my scale has um, had its ebbs and flows over time. But um, I think I, and it's kind of funny, I have different reasoning for where certain things are. It's like kind of reviewing some of the other picks that I've made. The Arquette WCW title just felt short-sighted based on, you know, what the product was um, and really just seemed a little bit blind to what people wanted. um, And maybe that's what they were going for, but not the worst match, as it were. Just has a bad reputation. Goldberg and Undertaker was just unsafe. Yes. I think that was the part that really, really kind of sours that one for me where like, well, never mind the fact that Goldberg like smashed his head into the door before he ever went out of the ring. But right. just that whole match just sat wrong. Zomb- zombie Lumberjacks still, I think, it's a worse rap than it maybe deserves. Mm-hmm. It's a weird premise, but it's not. I-, I would say, as far as gimmicks go, if you want to put something like we just watched against Zombie Lumberjacks I think Zombie Lumberjacks still makes a lot more sense, even if it was also a a kind of boring match at the end of the day.
1: I uh, I well, so we have updated the KRSTM right now. Uh, the Royal Family versus Clowns R us sits at number three, and remember we're counting down to number one and the worst match that Sam has ever watched here. So it sits between the Doomsday Cage and the Finger Poke of Doom. Uh, I can say that was probably since the kennel from hell, probably the least, my least favorite match that I've watched with you in quite some time. Um, I again, had no interest in the match. Um, and again, like you said, like Lawler, like typically everything I remember watching from him, you know, as a kid, I remember watching him down South, um, on my family's TV when we were in Georgia. And I just loved anything the guy did. And, uh, to watch this, it's like, yeah, it just seems like it's a really bad pairing. It's a really bad time in wrestling in general. So I think uh, I'm willing to forgive Jerry Lawler for this transgression here because, <laughs> fuck, man, that was you a transgression. Are absolved, you are sir. absolved. Uh, Reverend Butts Carlton gives you <laughs> uh, the blessing. But uh, th- So thank you, Sam, for uh, suffering through another really terrible match. we got a couple more coming down the pipeline for you. Uh, the next three I have lined up for uh, more Sam... Watch as bad wrestling poorly. Next time we join you, we're going to watch a match from the second to last WCW pay-per-view all the way back in 2001 from WCW sin. It's for the WCW world heavyweight championship. It's a four way match between Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett road warrior animal and Sid vicious. This match is famous for an incredibly bad injury that took place during the match. Uh, regarding Sid Vicious. It's uh, it's it legendary as it is controversial. So we'll watch that one next. Following that, we're going to watch the super controversial recent match from 2019. Uh, Hell in a Cell, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. Uh, this is notable for an incredibly shitty finish um, that had the wrestling world talking for quite some time, right up until the world shut down. And then following that, I'm going to throw a curveball at Sam here. I'm going to make him watch a match that people think was shitty. It is from WrestleMania 36, which is the pandemic WrestleMania. Uh, When the world was shut down, we're going to have him watch the Firefly Funhouse match, which is Don Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. I'm going to have him take a look at that. And then also in the same episode, I'm going to have him watch a pandemic match of my choosing. I have not decided the empty arena match just so he can get an idea of what the world was like during the pandemic in wrestling at that time. Sam, any final thoughts?
0: Well, I'm I'm one? kind of excited for what's coming up because it is a little bit more of a departure from where we've been. I think Zombie Lumberjack is made, or Goldberg Undertaker newer than that. So the newest um, one on the list so far that we've watched is Zombie
1: Lumberjack. Zombie Lumberjack so. was during what they refer to as the, thunderdome era in the pandemic uh level of shows okay so uh, that, that was that had, too yeah that was when they had the screens and everything around the ring Yep. um the actual wrestlemania 36 there was no one in attendance it was a very quiet uh, uh performance center match there was next to no one in the building um it's just the talent the camera performers or the camera uh, operators the referee and the announcers. And it's just, it's, it's jarring. After watching so many live matches, you're going to watch it and be like, yeah. holy shit. But haven't decided which one I'm going to watch with that yet, because I want <laughs> to, uh, I want to pick a good one to kind of give you an idea of what we'll be watching. But
0: yeah, um, no, I'm excited because it's, it. all of these are a little bit more modern than what we've watched of late, of late, because we've watched so much <laughs> in the, the recent history. Yep. But now it'll be interesting to compare some more recent things to, um some of the more classic matches that we have watched um so i'm excited we get yeah we keep this going this time yeah. we'll uh we'll stick to it a little bit more and and bring you more swear burps as we watch them but it's it's going to be fun i i'm excited to get the the KRS2 as, as we could maybe call it the <laughs> KRSTM uh going again yep and bringing it uh, back man. yeah yeah you know so it, it's it's always interesting to never see any good wrestling. Maybe maybe for Christmas this year, we'll watch a good wrestling That's actually, match. that's really not a bad idea. Maybe, you know what?
1: Maybe that's what we'll do then. For Christmas this year, mark it on your calendars. I'm going to show you Roman Reigns versus the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes at the most recent WrestleMania, which is considered one of the best main events in WrestleMania history. So-, um, so- we we'll have to work to it, though. We yeah. have
0: to hit all these other check boxes before we're allowed to award me <laughs> with something that's apparently good—a
1: nice Christmas present at the end of the year. So,
0: yeah, uh, and maybe we'll check out uh, SmackDown this fall when it comes back to the Giant Center, Hershey, Pennsylvania. That's not a um, bad idea. I would love to go with you to a wrestling event. I would,
1: that would be fucking great. That way I could listen yeah. to you narrate it the entire time. It would be awesome. <laughs>
0: it would be amazing. My coworkers keep saying it's awesome. So um, in the time since Adam and I have done one of these, I now work for um, Hershey Entertainment. And uh, I get privy to knowing about things like wrestling events before they come to the Giant Center, which we own and operate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, a lot of my my coworkers are into some of the wrestling stuff and they try to get involved and do like seat filling and stuff like that too. So, uh, it could be a lot of fun. I think it's September 1st that they're coming. Oh, okay. Um, it'll be a Friday night, obviously, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to see if we could figure that out. That'd um, be a lot of
1: fun. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, and Sam, thank you so much for allowing me to torture you with really shitty wrestling. I appreciate it. And if you're enjoying this as well, leave us a five-star review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell some random schmuck you see in the 7-Eleven this morning while you're getting your coffee. Uh, let them listen to Foundation Radio and tune in on the Premier Podcast Network. Uh, we're going to try to come back and, and, and hopefully in two weeks we'll do another episode here for you. Uh, keep it fresh and keep it moving. But for the executive voice, Sam Kreps, my name is Adam Bernard. Thank you again so much for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Peace. Yeah.
0: Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and produced by Adam Barnard. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. The show was mixed and engineered by Carl Pinnell. Our intro and outro music was performed and produced by Dumb Ugly. Additional musical accompaniment provided by Enrichment. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Elmi Follow us on Twitter at FND Radio Pod and find our entire archive at FoundationRadio.net. This has been a bunch of Butts Carlton Media Production. Butts Carlton Proprietor.